everyone to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. Uh, this is uh, Mike, uh, Bolt from the Blue, uh, speaking to you now. And uh, as you know, uh, we have started a, a series of little pods on uh, transfer information. We did one uh, two or three weeks ago, it was quite general in nature, but now we've got one with a major focus because of the rumours uh, going backwards and forwards. Uh, regarding uh, Harry Kane and uh, I've got uh, Ray from uh, City Fan TV on YouTube here to talk it through with me and uh, welcome Ray how's it going what are you doing what's the word hey 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 Mike it's uh, it's going all right mate it's going all right it's bit I'm in France at the moment just outside Paris so you can well imagine it's been roasting it's about 30 degrees so you know days tend to be go out in the morning before it gets too hot and then go out again in, in the evening after it's cooled down a little bit. But I think like in South Korea, you get to eight o'clock and it's still 28 degrees yes. <laughs> uh, centigrade, which is about 82 um, Fahrenheit for those people who are still living in the 19th century. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely roasting here in um, in Songdo in South Korea. And uh, it's uh, nearly 90 degrees and it's uh, 17 minutes past eight o'clock at night. But um, we're here to talk uh, primarily about Harry Kane. Now, this is all uh, blown up because of a wedding that took place uh, recently. Uh, uh, it was uh, Harry Kane's uh, brother, who is also his agent. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. But um, before we get started on this, um, uh, Ray, um, there's been quite a bit of comment on social media about how... how um, suitable Kane would be uh, to play for City and what his qualities are and what he would bring. What are your views on that? He scores goals. He scores a lot of goals. That's good enough for me. Uh, that's what I want my striker to do. You know, I've, look, these people have been, again, I had a, a discussion, let's say, with somebody yesterday who said, Ari Kane is injury prone. He's always injured. He's got glass ankles. He's had a lot of injuries. And he has, you know, looking back over the last 10 years, he's had about a dozen injuries or so. But when, when you actually drill down, you know, if you've got an in, if you're injured when there's no games, well, or, you know, uh, or you've had an operation when there's few games, I don't see the, that as an issue. Harry Kane has averaged th at least 33 Premier League games each season for the last seven seasons. And I... I, I I mean, I'm just guessing here, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. He's probably the highest Premier League goal scorer in those seven years in total. More than our beloved Sergio Aguero. Obviously, Sergio didn't play last season, uh, hardly. So, the bottom line is, if you want a striker, you want a striker to score goals. That's what you want him to do. That's what he's paid for. That's his job. And that's what Harry Kane does. He, he does what it says on the tin. Uh, people then will argue that he hasn't got enough pace He's fast enough, yeah? Um, if he wasn't fast enough, he wouldn't score as many goals as he does. He, I, I, I think about him, he's a poacher in the box. And, and even though in, in the World Cup back in, uh, in Russia in 2018, and people said, look, you know, he scored all those goals against, you know, uh, you know poor quality teams. He's got six goals. He won the Golden Boot. He still stuck the ball away. You know, he, some of them were easy, whatever. He still stuck the ball away. In, in the Euros, you know, he, he had a slow start, but he still stuck the ball away. So uh, I think I like him to a poacher. He will get, the, get you those tap-ins. He's desperate to score goals. If you remember a few years ago, where there was a, 
a goal that he said hit his hair and went in, and he argued that it, went, you know, he touched him last because he wanted to be the top goal scorer. So he's totally committed uh, to being the top goal scorer. He's a bit greedy. We've seen that a couple of times where he hasn't passed to Raheem Sterling when he should have done in major tournaments. But I look at his record last season. He's a top go- uh, Premier League goal scorer in England, and he was a top assists uh, provider as well. Uh, you can't uh, you can't ask for more than that. You can't, you know, so I think he'll work hard. He always does. He's got, he's a few inches taller than Sergio Aguero. So I actually think he's better in the air and he's more capable in the air because of those extra four or five inches. I think he's a better penalty taker overall, if you forget about the one in the in the, in the Euros. Um, so there's a lot to like about Harry Kane. Um, you know, and, and as I said, people just seem to focus on his injury uh, record, uh, which isn't that bad. Um, and his pace, which if he wasn't quick enough, he wouldn't make it in top-level football. So for me, it's, uh, one, one goes far as saying it's a slam dunk that I'd want him, but he's, he's right up there in, 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 uh, as one of the top strikers in world football right now. Yeah, I think you've covered most of the, of the things that I would have said about that. Certainly, I think that Pep took a serious much more serious interest in him in the game last season. We were beaten 2-0, of course, and um, Kane was very, very impressive in the build-up. He was playing deep and uh, uh, putting little uh, cross, uh, little passes in for Son and for Bergwijn. Son, of course, has signed a, uh, a four-year a contract extension, and uh, that has probably taken a little bit of um, pressure off Nuno Espiritu Santo. Um, what is kind of very interesting is that um, when Nuno has been interviewed about uh, Harry Kane, he was asked uh, twice, apparently asked twice, this specific question, which he ducked. Now, of course, he stuck to the party line that um, that he didn't expect Kane to go, etc., etc. But the journalists were very careful to ask one question, and they said, has Daniel Levy assured you that Kane is not leaving, and he ducked the question. And then the journalists stuck to it. A couple of questions later, they asked him it again. Yeah, but has Daniel Levy assured you that he's not leaving? And he ducked it twice. I don't know what significance there is in that, but um, it would have been easy for him if it had been true to say, yes, the chairman's told me he's not going, but he couldn't or wouldn't say that. I Um, think... I yeah. think the bottom line is, Mike, the bottom line is he's not going to obviously uh, slit his own wrists uh, in an interview. Um, he's not going to uh, say that we don't want him or he's going, you know, because he's he's got a hope as a new manager that Kane stays because, you know, he's he's their best player. Uh, he's there. He's there. Honestly, I would say the one world class player that Spurs have got. Um you know, some of your your listeners might think Son is as well, but I think Kane is head and shoulders above everybody else at Spurs. And uh, you know, no manager in their right mind would want to lose someone like him. You don't want to lose your best player. But every footballer has a price. Everybody has a price. If you know, almost everybody. But I mean, look, if if someone came to City, if if PSG came to City and said, "Look, you know, we like the look of one of your players. We'll offer." 250 million for him. I think City would think about it. City are one of those clubs that you could argue don't need the money. Uh, we'll talk about that later. We might do. We might actually need the money. But most clubs, you go to them with the right sums, right numbers, they'll talk to you. You know, um, if you go to Man United and say, well, you know, let's say West Ham say to Man United, we'll pay you 10 million for Jesse Lingard. You know, I'd say we'll say push off. If, uh, if West Ham come and say, we'll pay you 35 million for Jesse Lingard, that's the deal that Man United will be happy to do. We, we saw that with Dortmund and, and Sancho. We'll talk about him later. Last season, when last summer when United wanted Dortmund didn't want him, it to happen for that money. This season, they've done it for less money because of the financial situation. So on, pretty much every player has his price. Every player has his price. And if it's the right price, Daniel Levy will let Kane move on. We don't know what that right price is. That's that's the thing in this in these COVID times. Um, you know, for me, Harry Kane is not a two hundred million pound player. Not pre-COVID, not post-COVID. Um, 
he's at least 100, 120 million in my, in my books. That's that's how I would value him because of the COVID situation and because of his age. So every player is up for grabs, in my opinion, uh, if the if the price is right. So even uh, Harry Kane. Well, yeah, and um, so despite what people think, I mean, he is a metronomic a goal scorer. He would solve our penalty taking situation. He is uh, good in the air, and as you say, better than anyone else that we have at that. And he's important in the build-up. So I can't really see too many um, arguments uh, against uh, the the fact that we we would uh, really be able to to get the best out of him, especially with the um, the midfield that we've got. But perhaps we could just uh, just for the benefit of people, uh, Ray, who haven't really been following this one. I, I guess everyone was enamoured of the. Uh, the speculation, the early speculation about Erling Haaland. Um, a, a lot of the podcast uh, uh, people were absolutely c- convinced that that was going to happen, but they underestimated Dortmund's um, uh, stance on that. But um, w- was it um, early summer and that interview with Gary Neville that gave rise to all of this? Yeah, I think the interview, if, uh, I might have got my dates it's wrong, was around, I think, yeah. it was around the 20th. Um, of May, I, I've, uh, I, um, I do recall I'm having a quick look. So, our uh, 21st of May, so a lot of information come out. I think I can't remember if some had come out already. Uh, and then that obviously that interview you can you can see it on YouTube where I think they're playing uh, around a golf or a few holes of golf. Um, and 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 Kane basically said, you know, I, um, he's he's, tw- he's going to be 28 this summer. He's almost 28 already. And uh, it comes to a point where he wants to win something, you know. Uh, he doesn't want to, you know, he wants to, look, if he could win trophies at Spurs, I think um, you know, he'd, um, that's what he wants to do. He, uh, just remind you, he's, he's 28 in four days' time. We're recording this on the 24th. 28th is his birthday, so he'll be 28. Um, if, if he'd won, for, for instance, if he'd won the Carabao Cup this summer, no, sorry, this season, it might have been enough for Harry Kane to say, I want to uh, stay because I've got I've won summer. Or it might have actually made no difference. And he might have said, I'll have won something. I've given something to Spurs. Please let me go. So, But he wants to win. He wants Look, he, he's a world-class player playing in a team that's not world-class. Playing in, in a team that's not in the Champions League. A, a team that has to, before he can play in the Champions League again, it has to qualify for the Champions League. So he will not play in the Champions League. Assuming the qualification until he's 29. He's not got much time left to play at the top level uh, at club football. He's not going to compete. I, I can tell you this now. In the next five years, Spurs will not compete to win the title. They will not win the title. So he's not going to win that. City have a stranglehold on the Carabao Cup. He's going to struggle to win that. You know, how many times have Spurs been in the final in the last five years? Once. FA Cup, he's going to struggle to win that. Um, so, if he wants to win trophies, he's got to make that move. And there's no better place to win trophies than at Man City. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, um, do you, what do you think about, do you think that he was, all, he, that that was kind of reinforced by this charade with um, Levy and Paratici trying to get a new manager in, because they went from they went through about four people who rejected them. They were even rejected by Gattuso. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't even remember. There was at least five names, at least five names that uh, rejected Spurs, uh, if, if I remember correctly. Um, some people made a lot of money by uh, um, that that saga. Um, for the final uh, Nuno. Um, so it was, it was a kind of an underwhelming appointment, don't you think? I, I, I absolutely agree. I, I mean, um, I don't think he's going to make a, a huge uh, amount of difference to them. I mean, I, I talked to some, uh, I did a, uh, a stream a few days ago with some fans uh, from other clubs, um, top six club fans, uh, apart from the, the Arsenal fan. Um, and that's one of the things that I brought up that I'm underwhelmed by, by Nuno. You know, people say he was exciting at Wolves. I find them quite boring and turgid. Um, and I don't think he's going to bring that much 
extra to Spurs. I mean, I, I, than, than what Mourinho did, unless Spurs get a few new players and get a few new, um, uh, get a massive change in club mentality. I don't see that that being a big difference. So um, it's an underwhelming appointment. If I'm, if I'm. I'm thinking if I'm Kane, I'd think it's an underwhelming appointment. If they'd gone out and got a top, top manager, um, then, you know, maybe that's an incentive to stay a little bit longer. But mm. they did that with, with Mourinho and it didn't work. It fell, fell um, you know, turned sour with Mourinho. So we go back to that point. Kane is 28 in a few days' time. He's not, you know, let's be honest, you've got maximum five years left at the top. Five years and you've, he wants to win something. So, uh, yeah, looking at the manager, looking at the players they're bringing in, I, I can't see them challenging. So, so, what? I go back to the same thing. He's not going to. He's he's not going to win the league. He's very unlikely to win anything at Spurs in the next five years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, going back to the interview that you uh, referred to, or the round of golf with Gary Neville, yeah. I think you're probably going to pour, pour some cold water on this because. Um, Uh, It's reported that um, Daniel Levy was um, highly unamused by that, particularly when they started talking about the qualities of Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember the... We're going back a few months now, a couple of months, but so I can't remember it all. But um, I think, you know... Do we try and read between the lines? Do we th- try and say, did Gary Neville and, and Kane have a little chat about what they were going to talk about before the interview? I, I assume they did. You know, they're not just going to start playing golf and start chatting. There's there's a reason for that to, for them for, for that round of golf. There's a reason for a camera to being there. So they've they've had uh, words. Kane did all this because he wanted to set up a situation to prepare people for him moving on from Spurs. He believes he has a gentleman a gentleman's agreement with Daniel Levy. I think that's a misnomer because some people would say Daniel Levy is not a gentleman, uh, and oh. and and I, and I would suggest, even though I, there's a cracking picture of um, Daniel Levy myself um, a couple of seasons ago at uh, at the Etihad when we drew two two with Spurs again, we should have spanked them. But anyway, um, and he only stopped for a picture because they'd got a point and they didn't deserve it. Although there was some speculation as to whether that was um, Daniel Levy or whether it was Colin Savage, because there is a <laughs> similarity there. I think that, yeah, well, I think Daniel's a little bit younger. He, was, he looks a little bit like, so he was probably, Daniel Levy looks like Colin Savage is my love child. Let's be honest about it. He's a mix of the two. Okay. But he, was, he, he wasn't stopping for anybody. And then I mentioned the fact that they'd, they'd been jammy. And got that draw. They didn't deserve it. We had, I think, twenty nine shots. I think they had you, two. You trolled him into t- taking a selfie with you. I cajoled him into getting a, taking a selfie with uh-huh. with me. And uh, he what? He there's a there's a smile on his face. He was really smiling. So you got to know how how, how, he t- how he ticks. And I think he ticks. He's he's not happy. He doesn't want to lose Kane. He's gonna play hardball. He's got to uh, appear really peeved and 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 everything else about it because he if he's too jolly about this. Then you know he, he plays his hand. He wants as every single penny out of this deal for for Harry Kane moving on. So he's going to come across as angry and upset and and annoyed about what, what's happened. The thing is, so so let's go back to that interview. So I I will suggest that Gary Neville and Harry Kane had had a discussion because it's a long interview um, about what they're going to talk about. You know, so Kane talks about his future at Spurs. He talks about England, and and, and uh, he talks about breaking Shearer's record. And towards the end, he talks about wanting to play with Kevin De Bruyne. Now, let's be honest: Kevin De Bruyne is not going to Spurs, uh, so he's not going to play against him or with him uh, there. And they play for different uh, countries, so that's not going to happen. There's only one way it happens: is if. Uh, De Bruyne uh, uh, says hello Harry as Harry walks into Manchester that's the only way so it, it feels like everything was set up I mean the questions asked and all that so because and, and, and I've said it before there's not many clubs that can afford Harry Kane and there's not many clubs that Harry Kane would want to go to he wants to stay in England I think family reasons and, and all that 
so who's left? There's, you know, he's not going to go to Chelsea because of the, the rivalry. I think that's that's too much for the Spurs fans to stomach. And if you look at who's been the most successful club in the last, let's say, five years, it's been City. Three Premier League titles, an FA Cup, and four Carabao Cups, if I'm correct. So that's plenty of trophies. Okay, Chelsea won uh, the Champions League, but City have been the most successful um, club in the last five years. So that's where he should be going if he wants to win stuff. Yes, United will play, pay him well, but they haven't won any, a trophy for, I think, at least four years. Liverpool, they've won one domestic trophy in the last eight years. Uh, OK, they won the Champions League and the Super Cup and the Club World Cup. But I'll be honest, the Club World Cup is just two games and the Super Cup is one game. So I, I don't really count them as serious trophies unless City win them, of course. Then they're big trophies. But for the time being, they're, they're irrelevant. So who else can he go to? He can't win a trophy, you know, in England. And uh, apart, from, apart from going to just a handful of clubs and only a few clubs can afford him. And if he wants to play with KDB, well, there's only one club to go. So I think it's all it was all set up in a, in a structured way, uh, as I said, to, to say, look, I'm thinking of moving on. I want to win stuff. I've been here all my life. I love Spurs and all that. Talk about England, talk about Shearer's record, and then bang, you know, kind of saying, where do you want, where do you want to go? So it's kind of all set up for that. So yeah, Daniel Levy's not going to be happy, but I think, you know, it's, it, it feels, it feels uh, like a, a wrestling uh, saga. You know, if you watch the WWE, you know, all these fabricated stories and you know, feigned uh, anger and uh, and all that. So it just feels like one of these stories, uh, you know, the saga of Harry Kane. And everybody's got to play their part. You know, Kane set, set it up. Levy's got to put on this uh, unhappiness because he wants every penny. And I think, you know, I'd like to think um, that it will happen at some uh, towards. But I think it'll be late in the summer that it'll happen. Yeah, I think so. And also, it's important to point out, I think, um, something that Sam Lee said on a recent podcast. He said... Uh, that uh, whenever uh, the inevitability of of it begins to sink in, uh, the priority for every party is to control the narrative. Yeah. So it's uh, it Sam Lee said that one thing that you can be sure of is that any denials that are issued, uh, either in the case of um, uh, Kane uh, to City from Tottenham, where Tottenham say, it's not going to happen. Or in the case of Grealish, uh, Aston Villa, he said that means nothing. Uh, he, I'm just I'm quoting him verbatim. Denials mean nothing. Your objective, uh, once the player is determined to, to go um, and it begins to play out in the media, uh, he says is that, well, basically, Tottenham want to control the media and give their uh, supporters something to bite on. Same, yeah. same with Kane and his uh, team. They want to control the narrative and explain uh, how grateful he is to Tottenham. But uh, you know, it's time. Um, interestingly, all of the guys on the ESPN FC uh, YouTube channel, um, the likes of uh, Craig Burley and, and the rest, they say absolutely categorically, it's now or never for Kane. Yeah, he doesn't make this move. That's pretty much it. Um, oh. One one year older at the end of next season, so there's going to be no more gentlemen's agreements. I think they're they're saying. Yeah, City won't be back next year uh, for Kane. He'll be too old. He'll be 29. Sit. Pep doesn't come back for you. If you turn Pep down, he doesn't come back. He came back with Emery Laporte. That was slightly different because Laporte had been injured, and he just wanted to get back, you know, uh, in, in full fitness and playing again. Uh, but Pep doesn't come back. You give he, you know, look at Messi. You know, Messi didn't go push for the move last summer. We're not interested anymore. Yeah, and I, I don't, I, I won't be saying that Messi's too old to come and be a star at City because I still think even at 33, he's still got so much to offer. But um, we, we 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 let it go. So if if Kane doesn't move now, he's 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 gone because clubs and uh, don't want to get a guy who's 29. Put him on a five-year contract in three years' time on a big money contract. You know he'll be on at least, I reckon, 15 million, 15, 16 million quid a year. Put him on a five-year contract, and in three years' time, you need to move on, and you can't sell him for much. 
um, you know, or he sticks around um, like Gareth Bale at Madrid and you're paying him for nothing. So financially, it's, it's a huge risk to take. Nobody else, I don't think, will look at Kane for 120 million next summer or a- any other time uh, in his career. Because if we don't get him now, we'll move on with our search. We might go back to Haaland. We might go for somebody else. Delap might come through. And, and Kane's chance at City will be totally gone. Let me ask you this question. Um, does um, the Kane um, party have any other leverage, any other cards to play? Because um, obviously he's on a three-year contract. Yeah. And it seems to be quite widely reported that he's just not the type to, uh, you know, decline training or to... Um, to to force his way out um and and the and there you know people are there's no agreement on whether there really was a transfer request uh, put in so is there anything uh, that he's got i don't to- know the the, the problem the problem is um levy might want that transfer request because then that makes kane look the bad guy right like we've seen it before where the player eventually <laughs> Excuse me. Well, they know the deal's going to happen, but they have to put that transfer request in to push it up the line. He's not a, a Riyad Mahrez who went on strike. I can't see Kane because Mahrez, if we're quite open and honest about it, he don't give a he don't give two hoots about the Leicester fans generally. Okay, um, you know he's a paid gun. He's a, you know he's a hired gun, um, and uh, he, he'll go wherever it suits him. So for him to do that at Leicester, you can understand that. For Kane to do it at Spurs, no. I think, you know, it's in his blood. Um, and I don't think he, he he wants to do that. But if push comes to shove, uh, same with Messi last summer. Messi had to take Barcelona to court. He didn't want to go that far. And maybe Levy wants, um, you know, um, Kane to put that transfer request in to give him a few more, you know, brownie points with the Spurs fans. Uh, and gain control of the narrative, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so, uh, but uh, so I don't see what else they've got to to offer, and and there's some something else about the narrative. I, when we talked about that, I, I was going to mention this. You have got to be very careful what clubs say now. After the start of the last season, Omar Barada, who was at the time, I think the chief operating officer, I think he's changed his job role since. Um, he came out and said. Um, about the Ruben Diaz situation. Uh, he said, he, you know, because we were linked with the uh, Khalidi Koulibaly, the centre-back from Napoli, all summer long. And he said, he, he, you know, he was amused watching that because it was all fake and we were never in for him. Uh, Koulibaly, we were not interested. And Ruben Diaz was our number one target. I, I, I still call that out as total poppycock. It's a lot of rubbish. Uh, my personal opinion is if we would if Ruben Diaz was our f- number one target, we'd have got him in before the start of the season. We wouldn't have been getting him in after the season started. You get your target in, and we'd have paid the money that was required. Um, we got Ruben Diaz, I believe, uh, despite everything, anything that Omar Barada might say, because um, he could have come out and said it before we signed Ruben Diaz, that we're not interested in Khalidi Kudba. He didn't. He, j- he was amused after the event. Um you know, we looked at at least, I think, three or four defenders. We looked at Koulibaly from Napoli, but the money was too high for that player and, and uh, Napoli wouldn't budge. We looked at Jules uh, Kwunde. I think we put a bid in, but it was too low. We looked at, uh, I forgot the guy's name from, Atletico Madrid, apparently. The Diaz deal happened because Benfica got knocked out of the Champions League and that made it easier for him to move on and for them to want a bit of money because... Uh, you know they would missed out on the Champions League payday, so because they had to qualify. So whatever a club says, you've got to be really careful because they, they, look, the clubs are playing us. They, they, they're doing that to, the, to their own fans, um, and you know you should take with a pinch of salt most of what the clubs say uh, and uh, the media say. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's it, it can't really be doubted that Tottenham need the money. Um, they've got that enormous stadium and they've come through COVID, same as everyone else. Um, and even City have suffered, suffered financially uh, because of COVID, as we'll move on to later. But um, yeah, yeah I'm I mean, going to say, Mike, Mike Spurs, you mentioned Spurs, they suffered enormously. I think they were expecting to earn over 100 
million pounds a season from uh, gate receipts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I remember there was a report that they were making in, in, in turnover at the restaurants at their state, new stadium, £850,000 a, uh, a home game. That's not profit, that's just income. You've got to take your expenses away. But they're expecting to bring in over £100 million a season from their stadium. They didn't get that last season. They didn't get it at all. So, And, and then they lost a few games the previous season. So everybody's suffering from COVID. They're not in the Champions League. Okay, they're in the, I think they're in the Europa League. So they'll get a reasonable return there. But they're not in the Champions League. So they're not getting the big money uh, from the Champions League. So uh, times are, are tough. And if, even though right now in the UK... You know, the, the Community Shield is on the 7th of August. They're, they're talking about the full 90 or 88,000 fans, full capacity. They're talking about in September, or August, September, when the Premier League starts again, full capacity. That might not happen. You know, the government wants to push for that, but it, they might, you know, obviously COVID, COVID hasn't disappeared. So it might happen that there might be a small reduction in the number of fans allowed at games. And if, you know, even a 10% reduction, it's going to hit Spurs really, really hard. So the bottom line is they need to change their team. You know, they had um, players that were old and moving on, um, especially their defence. People like Vertonghen, and I think he left the season before, Alderweireld. So people are old and moving on. They need to um, freshen up. And to freshen up, they need money. And Mm. the most bankable asset is Harry Kane. It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, from the beginning of the summer uh, through to now, of course, there was interruption for the Euros. But um, it was uh, the the name on everyone's lips to City was Erling Holland, and it's it's just interesting the way that uh, before the interview that uh, Kane gave, his name wasn't even the picture. It wasn't even uh, considered, and then um, it's almost like you have two photographs: one of Holland and one of um, of Kane. And uh, Holland begins to diminish and uh, grow fainter and fainter until no one's talking about that. Um, And uh, then, obviously, the drip, drip, drip um, talk throughout the summer, picking up, uh, particularly after the end of the Euros, was that it's going to be Harry Kane. And um, I'm just wondering about Holland. I mean, it seems to be, uh, seems to me that um, Chelsea are desperate um, for Holland and the latest talk is of a putting in a bid for 130 million um, and they've they've all, all they've also been linked quite heavily to Lewandowski as well they clearly want a striker and uh, as you rec- as as you mentioned it's not going to be Kane because there's no way that um, you know Tottenham are going to sell to their London rivals um, but um, I'm just wondering uh, I can't quite understand why Dortmund are so determined not to let Holland go for another year because he's got a 65 million euro uh, buyout clause next season. There's two the, okay there's, there's two things here. There's the Sancho situation because they've got a lot of money from Sancho. Okay, for the yes. sale of Sancho to United. So even with the city share, Dortmund have got over 60 million euros. Uh, from the sale of Sancho, and you know, 50, 50 million of that is profit. So, the if you if you if you want to argue that they've sorted out this year's financial issues uh, with the sale of Sancho, then they can keep um, Harlem for another season and let him go for the sixty-five or seventy-five million euros that is his release clause. But also, there are. Clubs like and this this is what people are saying about Chelsea. Haaland probably wouldn't be Chelsea's um, Chelsea wouldn't be Haaland's first choice. They're talking that uh, above Chelsea you'd probably have Real Madrid, you'd have Man City, so uh, and maybe somebody else as well. So he wouldn't Chelsea wouldn't be his first choice. So maybe that's what Dortmund are relying on, the fact that Chelsea will have to pay over the odds this summer, well over the odds, um, to get him to stop him being available next summer and going somewhere else on the cheap. So mm-hmm. maybe they feel and this they did it with uh, look look at they did with um, Sancho last last summer. You know they could have got uh, was it ninety million from United? They they, they hung out hung on 
they got less this year, but th that was just that's because of COVID, uh, mainly and Sancho not being a, in as good uh, a form. But so Ch Chelsea want him. They want that uh, that new striker, I think, because um, you know have a sorry Werner hasn't done it. I think he will be decent this season. Yeah, if, it looks like a player who would repay a bit of patience. Yeah, but you know, look, look what Abramovich is like with managers. You you won the Champions League three months later. You're not doing well. You're out. Yeah. So maybe you know they've got the money. They'll throw it at throw the money at it, and maybe they just believe it, that's the position that they need. That's the main one they need. You know, they've got a lot of good attacking players, good defenders, uh, good midfield. They just need that striker. Uh, and Haaland would be an upgrade on Werner. If Haaland bangs in 30 goals next season, Chelsea will be, will be in the mix for the for all the trophies. So all the, the big stuff. Mm -hmm. So I can see why they're, they're looking at it. I think City, I don't think City will go that far with the money. They're not prepared to pay, let's say, 130 million for Haaland. Uh, pays agent twenty million and pays dad twenty million. I just don't think they got there. They don't. They, there's, I don't think there's any love lost between City and Haaland's uh, agent, Mina Riola. The City don't want to deal with him. City don't want to deal with uh, problematic agents. Um, so you know, if you remember many years ago, they got rid of uh, Kia uh, uh, Jurabchin. You remember him? Mm -hmm. Many many years ago. Uh, they didn't like him and, you know, they didn't want to deal with him. So they just want to deal with the people they want to deal with. Um, and I don't think, as I said, they don't want to part with somewhere in the region of 170 million euros for Haaland in total and then pay him 400 grand a week. I, I just don't see that. And, and um, let's be honest, City are a good enough team not to need Haaland. They can get somebody else who might not be as good as Haaland, let's say, might not have the same shelf life as Haaland. Uh, at the club, but would still enable City to win the big trophy. So I just think Kane, at 50 million quid cheaper, is, is I want to say it's a no-brainer because Haaland's obviously five years younger or six years younger. But, you know, Kane's done it in this country. He's homegrown. That makes a bit of a difference. Um, and, uh, you know, he's not got a big change to make, I don't think. Whereas Haaland, despite how good he is, He's still got to change countries. You might say, well, he used to live in England before when he was a kid. You know, but this, this it's a big move. It's a big change. Mm -hmm. And I might not be up for it. It's fascinating, the, the prospects of what City's team might look like um, uh, come the beginning of the season. Because if, and this is a huge if, if they were to get Kane yeah. and Grealish, there's two English players. And then you've got Sterling, you've got Kyle Walker, you've got John Stones. Borden. Who am I missing? Phil Foden. You've got the six players and probably six starters in the starting eleven, which is um, obviously changes the complexion of things uh, completely. But anyway, after that interview, ob obviously then it just descended into little snippets of um, of gossip and speculation. Um, uh, quite a big one was this issue of uh, Levy having uh, given uh, a gentleman's agreement to Kane. Uh, apparently added to that was um, reports of um, Levy's uh, reluctance to sell to uh, an English club. Yeah. But anyway, it, it was kind of going nowhere until a few days ago. And uh, then a big splash on the front page, not the back page, on the front page of The Sun by a showbiz reporter. Her name was Clemmy, um, uh, announcing that um, Kane uh, had, and his brother, um, whose wedding it was, who's also um, Harry Kane's agent, his older brother is his agent, uh, and this was claiming that, um, anyway, this journalist had been to the wedding, and uh, all of the talk at the wedding was how stoked Harry Kane was, because he and his brother had apparently... Um, according to all the talk at the uh, at the wedding, had received a call from Levy saying that he had done a U-turn and that if the price was right, uh, that he would be prepared to sell to an English club. And apparently this uh, made Harry Kane uh, very happy. He was over the moon. And that's uh, that's what all the chatter was about in the um, in, in the 
social events surrounding that wedding. They put it on the front page of the Sun, which is a mm. pretty bold thing to do, even for them if it's a whole pile of rubbish. And so, therefore, um, this was all of the talk. And uh, people like Sam Lee, uh, uh, we expected to, because he's quite close to, to, to sources at City. We were expecting him to, uh, you know, just to poo-poo this and to mm. uh, reject it. But in fact, he said, you know what, um, despite the incongruity of a front page sun headline and this wedding story, there's quite a lot about this story that has the has the 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 smell of, of well, credibility, actually. That's why I said earlier, Mike, if the money's right, Levy will let Kane go. You know, even if Harry hadn't done that interview, even if Harry had never spoken to Levy about leaving, if City walk in with 150 million quid, I, Levy will let Kane go, in my opinion. He might, he might try and squeeze City for a bit more. He might look at that as a first offer and try and get a bit more out of us. But every player has his price. So uh, the veracity of the interview or, or that story, uh, it's hard to say. You know, you've got to remember as well that sometimes um, journalists... They like us as well, you know. I've got an inkling, you know. What would you know? Like I just said there, I'm, I'm supposing if City came in with 150 million quid, Levy would let Kane go. Or if City came with 200 million quid, they'd let him go. So anybody else can think the same, and I think they're probably right. And then it's just then trying to work out a story around it. I mean, so is it true? I have no idea. Could it have easily be made up? Absolutely. Um, you know. Like I said, I wrote something about 10 days ago. It was a joke. It was sarcastic uh, on, on Twitter about Jack Grealish won't come to City until Harry Kane signed for City. <laughs> you, you know, And Harry Kane won't come to City until Jack Grealish is signed. And, and people believed it to be true. It was so obviously, um, you know, sarcastic or, you know, made up as a joke. And I just said, anybody can make this stuff up. And no one's going to call me out, you know, from either club to say I've made it up or from either players' camps. So, you know, we, we no one's going to come out and say that. It was very rarely, very rarely that a player will come out and say something. We've seen it a few times on social media. A player's come out and actually said something about um, a journalist. He said, you're making this up, you're lying. But in these stories, very rarely do you see anything. So, um, it, it's hard to say. It's, you know, is it true, is it not? We'll only find out in, in time uh, once this deal is done or not done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, Sam Lee had two opinions. Um, either that this was true. and uh, As I said, it takes some cojones for a journalist to risk their career by telling a complete and utter lie. Yeah. Um, on, on putting it on the front page. That's the kind of that's career ending. But also that it could be that while that may have appeared to be, uh, uh, you know, true, it, the, the the other possibility was that it was a planned leak from from the agent brother whose wedding it was, by the way, uh, to put some pressure on uh, on Dan uh, Levy. So, the, yeah. the, as you said, it could be that. Could be anything. <laughs> that's that's a problem. As you said, everybody wants to come out of this smelling like roses, and that they did the the right thing by the fans because. I think that's basically who the, the that's the audience they're playing out for is the fans because Kane wants to still have the love of the fans. He doesn't want them to hate him, and Levy doesn't want them the fans to hate him even more. So the, it's all grandstanding, and yeah, it, it, it could it, this could be the the uh, the agent's uh, you know, latest move to, to try and help Harry Kane uh, with the transfer, but. You know, it, I think what is it going to boil down to is how much Levy wants to dig his heels in. Is he going to make Harry Kane, is he going to force him to make a, a transfer request which you know, knocks a few points off Harry Kane's uh, relationship it, with the fans? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, he, you know, and, and then Levy says, look, you know, Levy, when they talk to him afterwards, they say, look, the player said he wants to move. I don't want to keep a player that's unhappy. I have no, I have no choice. And he was worth a bit more. I did the best I could to get the most money out of City uh, that, that I could get. But we were in a no-win situation. We had to make a uh, do something because the guy said, I'm not happy. I want, I want to move. I handed in a written transfer request. 
we've got to take it seriously. We've got to let him go. So I can see all that, uh, you know, as part of this. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the transfer request, if, if it hasn't been made, then that would be the next step for Kane to make if he was serious. But yeah. I think where the story lost a bit of credibility, if it was um, if it was true, it was not a planned leak, if it was really true that everyone at the wedding was talking about about Kane's joy at this supposed a phone call from uh, from Levy. But um, where it began to lo- lose a bit of credibility was that numbers were mentioned. They mentioned 160 million. You wouldn't expect that, uh, th- that kind of uh, de- de- detail. You wouldn't expect Kane. So, yeah. It's like two stories stuck together because you wouldn't expect Kane's agent to be saying that. Uh, uh, you know, it's 160, or Kane himself. Uh, you wouldn't expect Daniel Levy to tell Kane if City offers 160 million, you can go. No. Or if the offer is 120 minutes and uh, 20 million and give us Jesus, you can go. That's not a conversation for the Tottenham hierarchy and, and Kane's uh, team. It's a conversation for, for Tottenham and City. So yeah. that just looks, you know... That looks like pasted on by, by some other journalists, maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Ray, um, the next thing that happened um, in this uh, timeline was um, Stuart Brennan from the Manchester Evening News uh, put out uh, uh, a column uh, for his uh, newspaper um, that um, he's got sources in the club who say that that's ridiculous that city would never go to that kind of figure and uh that um they, they interestingly they didn't deny the interest in kane and uh, they didn't deny any other aspect and stuart brennan came out with a later tweet saying that uh, what i wanted to say in this uh, piece uh, is that um city were balking at the numbers they were kind of uh, annoyed about numbers being quoted but uh, Stuart Brennan says that any other element in that story is not what I have any anything to talk about. I don't know anything about that at all. So when um, regarding the city's ability to to come up with those kinds of numbers, especially if then they also go for Grealish, um, we we could also mention um, how how much city have raised so far from player sales okay. and how much they expect to raise. So. What um, what numbers do you have regarding player sales and things like that? Okay, off the top of my head, uh, because uh, I don't know the you'll have a better idea of the full list. There was Jack. I think the Jack Harrison's gone through. It was around 10, 12 million, right? Some around around that. Obviously, I don't know if the uh, the Angelino one does that hit this year's accounts. Um, just I trying think to work so. out. And also, they they also mentioned forty five million for Leroy Sane that was still there. The Leroy Sane money came in last summer. It might have come after the accounts mm-hmm. finalised, um, uh, and without having the accounts in front of me, because then it'd be a post balance sheet event because it's a significant uh, event. Um, Lucas so- Demetra. Well, I was going to say, this Lucas Nemecha has gone, and he was about ten or twelve million. Uh, there was um, one of the there's Sancho money. That's about eleven or twelve million. So th- just those three players that are definite, that's worth a, at least thirty-five million. The, um, the, the Angelina money's worth about twenty million or eighteen million. So um, that's yeah. about fifty-three. And if you if the Sani money comes in. That's about 100 million, okay? And then you've still got Yangel Herrera, you've got Illich, those two definite. And we've had a few of the little ones. Pedro Porro, um, people like that. Yeah. So I think um, when you add everything together, we might end up with uh, 150 million. Now, I'm, I'm not you know, sure about the, the signings and all that, but... It's not just the cash. It's not just the money. It's it. It's what difference it makes to your financial fair play, and I think all those those sales make a huge difference to City's financial fair play because this time it's looked over at two seasons because of the COVID issues. It might they might even change it to three seasons, just because it's been very difficult for clubs uh, to, to 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 cope with what's gone on in COVID and losing the um, the revenue from um, the turnstile. So this will make massive difference because most of those players, uh, it's almost pure profit. Um, all the, the kids that came through and were selling on, 
you know, we bought some of these kits for like 1 million, 2 million euros, and that's it. Um, and Sane is, without going into all the account stuff, in, in the, uh, that netbook value, but he was on small netbook value. So Sane was worth about 37 million pounds of profit in accounting terms. So most of that is profit. So that that I think that sorts out your um, financial fair play issues for you know this this season, um, and we'll sell a few of the kids as well, bits of money here and there. We'll send a few of the kids out on loan. We'll get some bits of money here and there as well. So I think when you add it all together, we'll do all right. And if we do sell, for argument's sake, let's give some credibility to Jesus going to Spurs or, Ju- or Juventus. Or Juventus, but I, I, let's use the Spurs one. I, I use this, all right. Let let look at them both. If we send him to Juventus, let's say Juventus pays fifty million for him, that'll make a a, a, a big impact on our uh, accounts because he's been here. Uh, he's probably got two years left on his contract. Uh, it, most of that will be profit. We'll be looking at about thirty-five to forty million pounds, I would suspect, on uh, in accounting profit, not actual profit, but in accounting terms. If he goes to Spurs. We can fiddle that deal any way we like with Spurs. You know, Spurs could turn around and say, and, and this helps both sides in the immediate uh, short term. Harry Kane was sold to Man City for two hundred million pounds, and we know that's not true. Let's say the actual proper price is one hundred and fifty, but they they inflate it by fifty million. That gives them an extra fifty million pound profits in their accounts for financial fair play purposes. They're, they're, they're stalked by that. Let's say Gabriel Jesus was going to go for 50 million. <laughs> uh, but because Kane has been inflated by 50 million, we can inflate Gabriel Jesus by 50 million in the sale. That gives us an extra 50 million pounds profit in our accounts for financial fair play purposes. So you can see how clubs can manipulate this. And you know, without going into the details, we can see how both Juventus and City manipulated, in my opinion, that's what it feels like, the transfer fees for um, Danilo going to Juventus and Cancelo coming to City because Danilo wasn't worth the figures quoted. Uh, yeah. But it helped each side for financial fair play purposes. So, you know, there's all, all this accounting stuff. Um, so if, that, if if Jesus does move on, I wouldn't be totally... And he goes to Spurs, I wouldn't uh, uh, be surprised if higher figure for Kane comes through than we would expect. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think yeah. the real price for Kane is about one, 100 to 120. But it might, as I said, it might be inflated to help each side out uh, for financial fair play purposes. So cash-wise, City, yes, they're going to get a lot of extra money from sales. Um, but if, and that will arguably fund Harry Kane. If you want Grealish as well, you might need to do something else. Yeah, I don't really want to get too much into the Jack Grealish yeah. story because I think we'd be kind of repeating uh, old ground and a lot of the yeah. issues, I think, are the same. Um, but um, I, I'm, I'm quite interested about this one thing that's kind of um, become prominent in the news recently, and that is City have all, have always uh, dined out to a certain extent on the fact that they're debt-free um, uh, as opposed to Manchester United and, and Liverpool with owners, you know, taking money out of the club. Um, but apparently City have um, secured a loan of, I think the figure was 650 million euros. Dollars. Do, dollars. Why do you think City are taking out a loan at this time? Um, well, without, without really looking into it, it's it's the CFG City Football Group who own Man City and they have the, uh, stakes in so many clubs around the world. So the City Football Group... As a brainchild, I think of probably Fran Seriano years ago, and um, he tried to do it. I think Barcelona they were not interested, and when he came became chief executive at City, he he, he managed to implement it. And City just going around buying clubs around the world or big stakes in them. So I can't tell you them all, but we got um, uh, New York City FC. We own them. We own Montevideo City. Uh, used to be um, uh, Club Atletico Talk. So we own them in Uruguay. We've got. Melbourne City FC in Australia, Girona in Spain, um, Estat Troy in France, SK, or Lomelesque in Belgium, Sinchuan uh, Chinuan in China, York, we have, I think 10% in Yokohama Mariners, 
and Mumbai CTFC, we own uh, a controlling stake in them. I think that's everything. Uh, so City have got this network of clubs now. CFG, um, the owners of City, most of their income is from Man City. The other clubs, you know, give, I think, less than 15% of the income. And some people say it, is, it allows City to hide money in CFG. That would uh, normally be attributed to Man City, which hurts us, would affect us for financial fair play purposes. I don't know the the, the, the ins and outs of that. So CFG have, have got the money. Um, they've taken out, I think, a loan. Um, and they're paying some um, money on uh, interest on preference shares. I think it comes to about 30 million a year. Uh, I think that's dollars. Um, and I, th- I believe the reason is so that CFG can carry on expanding. Um, now, one thing with, with sponsors, they, they, they can look at the CFG like Puma did when City changed it to the, the shirt sponsorship to Puma. Puma, with one failed stroke, get involved with clubs all over the world by involved being with City, except New York City FC, simply because the MLS the, uh, League in North America, they do the sponsorship for all the clubs, all the kit deals with Adidas, so you can't have a separate one. But I think all the other clubs around the world, the CFG clubs, are now with Puma. And, and other sponsors can see the benefit of this as well. You know, Nissan um, sponsors City, and suddenly they can be in all these uh, territories as well uh, on, on the shirts and um, next end tires. And anybody else working with City can have, you know, you, you don't have to go out and do 10 deals around the world. You do one big deal with the CFG and they spread that around the world. So it, 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 I think it's it's good for sponsors. And look, some you know I think part of they also wanted fans to be interested in their other clubs to be supporters of them. And I think when it happened, yes, I, st- I watched a few New York City FC games. I watched uh, you know took some interest in Melbourne City FC. That's all dropped off, to be honest. I, I last year I bought an Estac Troy um, football jersey. Football shirt, so <laughs> I've got one of them. So, and I've got a New York City one as well. So, there is that interest, and I think they want fans to follow the sister clubs. I used to follow Girona when they were in the La Liga top division. So, they want fans to follow each of the clubs and and buy a little bit of merchandise. You know, even if you buy, even if it's just a, a few hundred fans or a few thousand fans buy bits and pieces, it's all money to the City Football Group. So, I think. You know, reading what other people have said, I think Stefan uh, has said, I, th- I think it's, it's the money's there because they're burning through it because of COVID. The other clubs are loss-making. I think almost all of them are loss-making, but but they don't have this FFP issue. The FFP is in Europe. So, you know, if, if um, for argument's sake, the Chinese club lose, uh, you know, £50 million, pounds, no one's bothered. I, I, I'm assuming that the Chinese authorities aren't going to do anything. If Montevideo... The club in Uruguay lose money. Who's going to come and jump on them? So you can, if you want. I'm not suggesting City are doing this. You can put a few expenses in clubs around the world that where there's no jurisdiction, there's no issues about the finances, and you can hide it if you want to do that. As I said, I'm not suggesting City are doing anything like that, but it gives you scope. And, and you also have economies of scale. You save money on your scouting network. So you have one global scouting network instead of having 10, you know, you've got everybody uses the Man City's scouting network, and if 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 a club was spending a million pounds a, a season on its scouting network, and you don't need to anymore, that you just saved seven or eight million pounds. So, and you know, on finances and on on other stuff as well, you can save uh, tons of money. So, uh, but I think the, the suggestion is it's the CFG are burning through money, and they want to buy more clubs. You know, City Football Group haven't bought a club in Africa. That's interesting. You know, they haven't done that yet. Uh, they've got one in North America, one in South America, uh, three in Europe, two in Asia, three in Asia, sorry, one in uh, Australasia, nothing in Africa. And it just feels that's going to be the next step, whether they go to South Africa, Algeria, Nigeria, Egypt, or wherever. It feels, you know, there's, there's more. They want to expand. And I think they'll keep expanding the clubs they buy until uh, FIFA say you can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, Ray, let's finish off with um, a little bit of fun at the expense of uh, Manchester United, <laughs> because obviously they've now spent one billion um, since the departure of Alex Ferguson. 
Uh, same as City, uh, although we've got 10 trophies, they've got zero. Um, obviously, the Sancho uh, sale... We, we can't... We can't dis- I think they've not won anything in the last four years. We have won... Is it 10 in the last four years, if you include the Community Shield? Because since Ferguson's left, they have won a few Cups. Yeah, that's uh, right. Well, under, under Mourinho, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, and I think there was one under Louis van Gaal as well, actually. He won the FA Cup or something. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, this produced uh, quite a lot of uh, fun stuff on Twitter, particularly, uh, because obviously United, thrilled at their capture of Sancho, put out um, uh, a, a video welcoming him to the club. And uh, quite confusingly, Ray, the, uh, the bylines on this was... He's back home. He's back where he belongs. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, uh, do, do they know anything about Sancho's history? <laughs> Sancho, was he born in London? Raised in London? Grew up as a Chelsea fan? Played for Manchester City? Uh, went to Dortmund? Yeah, Manchester's not home, you know, unless Jaden is, is referring to London, where most Man United fans actually <laughs> come from. You know, then I can understand why he's, he's now home. Uh, with, with them, but it's just a crass, poor attempt uh, at, at getting. Uh, here's the thing: there's a lot of you know. The, the, there's a poster out there, "Welcome to Manchester," and all this is about Carlos Tevez when he um, came to Man City from Man United, and City put out. I think it was on Dean's Gate, "Welcome to Manchester." That for City fans, that was incredibly um, rewarding. You know, it was wonderful. Whoever had that idea. City should every year pay them an annual, you know, twenty percent bonus on their salary because it was just a, it was just superb. And is it twelve years? Is it twelve years after Tevez came? United fans are still upset about that. United as a club are still upset by that poster. You know, there's certain things that City have done um, that rankle with Man United. That's certainly one of them. Um, you know, Tom, was it not Tommy Doyle? Mike Doyle, he's made a comment years ago. I can't repeat it uh, about what he was going to do to Man United players, but, you know, he, he suggested, I think he was going to kick every one of those uh, illegitimate uh, children. Um, and this stuff that you do, you know, Balotelli's wink at um, Rio Ferdinand, that's just a fabulous moment to send Ferdinand uh, all camel chops over the top. Um <laughs> so that, that poster was just incredibly good. And United have never, they've always tried to get back, but they can't. You can't get back over genius. You know, they'll never. And, and it's actually, it's it's silly that they try because it's just embarrassing. So City fans are loving it. Uh, you know, it's not just the fact that City got like 11 or 12 million pounds from this deal. Uh, you know, so you know, United are basically paying City 11 or 12 million pounds because we had a sell-on clause for Sancho when we sold him to Dortmund. It, 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 you know, the, the social media thing worked, it's worked wonderfully well for City and I just think it's another in a long series of own goals for United. As has, if you've not heard today, Oli Gulden Solskjaer has had a contract extension. He signed a long, I think it's on a four-year contract now with Man United. United fans are absolutely ecstatic about that. And sit, and the th- funny thing is, we are, fans, we are even happier than the United fans. Because he ain't winning toffee. Well, uh, reward, talk about rewarding failure. But what I thought was um, really funny about the original City uh, poster, Welcome to Manchester in Deansgate, of course, the whole fun thing about that was that he had never been in Manchester before. And so that that you know it really backfired them uh, backfired on the United fans putting that uh, red Sancho copy yeah. up because of course immediately it got edited didn't it so you got yeah. welcome to Salford welcome to Trafford but you know you can't say you know they're not in they're not in Manchester they're in Greater Manchester uh, I suppose you could say but. Um, uh, that that was just asking for it, wasn't it? Well, yeah, there's, there's another thing because I mean it's you sometimes you've got to look through a player's history on social media uh, to see what they've tweeted in. And he's made a few comments, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, didn't Sancho several years ago he he said something about Manchester being blue? I think yeah. there is 
something on his his actual timeline from from several years ago, saying there's all there's you know something like you know there's only one big club in Manchester. Yes, one though. And and so United fans should have just you know gone on a different tack. The club should have gone on a different tack. Praise the fact he's coming to you. Don't do use it as a dig at Man City because guess what? It's going to come back and bite you in the ass, and it has yeah. done. The funniest one was the uh, famous tweet that he put out saying, "United are a small club." <laughs> this is oh, the exciting. That was a fantastic one. That's the one I was thinking of. That's the fantastic United are a small club. So, you know, he said that it's going to come and back and bite you. So, United have been reassured over this. Um, uh, as I said, they should have just been quite and and lauded him as a player and talked about what he's done at Dortmund and the fact that they're, they're so happy to have him here. Do not try and have a dig at City when, as I said, it's a long line of own goals because it's just another open net for City fans to to lash that ball home. You know, <laughs> talking about uh, it's, it's just it's crass and ridiculous. Well, I think that'll do us, uh, uh, Ray, for for this um, uh, particular episode. Uh, for, for for people who are, who are listening, it, it certainly won't be the last one before the beginning of the. Uh, uh, the season, and hopefully we'll have some uh, good results to uh, to talk about um, when we next uh, speak to you again. Uh, hopefully things will be uh, wrapped up transfer-wise by then, so then we can have Colin Savage back because he doesn't do uh, <laughs> he doesn't do transfer talk, does he, Colin? Uh, does no, he? I, I just want I just want some somebody in. The thing is, the, I always believe the longer it goes on, the worse it is. You want your players in. At the club as soon as possible. Yes, Kane's probably still on holiday, but we start football again in two weeks' time with the Community Shield. First league game in three weeks. If we're getting the guy, get him in. Don't do like we did with Ruben Diaz. Get him in just before the window closes once you've played uh, two or three games and got a spanking by Leicester. Get the guys in early. So even if they're going to stay on holiday and they're not going to play the first two or three games, get them in the club. Don't leave it till the 30th of August to get somebody in. Get it in, get it done early, uh, get them acclimatised and, and then move on. Well, I think that's uh, that's a, a good note to uh, finish on. So uh, just before we go, we'll uh, thank Ray for uh, you know contributing so well on this pod. And we'll be back with you um, probably before uh, the season starts, but certainly after um, the, uh, the charity game against uh, Leicester. But... Um, Charity Shield getting against Rester. But Tim, thank you very much, uh, Ray, for coming on. Always a pleasure, Mike. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, guys. So uh, we'll finish off in the normal way and uh, be sure to have one on us in this hot weather and up the blues. Up the blues, guys. <laughs>